all stand tonight and turn to page number 68. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Page number 68. There we go. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, oh earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Thank you for being here tonight on this beautiful Wednesday night. This week's weather has been outstanding. I wish we could it would stay like this every day. Uh, it was like 70 degrees last night. It was like, yes, this is ideal. This is why we moved to Oklahoma. So for this one day right here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. Looking forward to a good time together around God's word. And uh, let's go ahead and begin with a word of prayer. Brother Corey, can I ask you to open our service in a word of prayer tonight? Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. What we want to do first tonight is uh, look at our monthly memory verse, and I think we'll have it on the screen here for us, but... Do we have anybody that has it memorized, would like to quote it tonight? This is probably one of the easier times to quote it with the crowd being this size, all right? So, uh, any... yeah, so Jed Lana, the pressure is on. So, anybody ready to say this one yet? I don't know that, but he who says, Amen. so, <laughs> all right, well, let's go ahead. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and uh, say it all together here. Ready, begin. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. All right, and I hope that you'll memorize that verse and that that'll be true of you this month, that you will keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Uh, it's easy to focus on the problems and the blisters, uh, but uh, we do need to keep our minds focused on the Lord as we go through our lives. Um, and uh, this is the, the nice thing about these two verses is they do flow together. It, it does make sense. So um, I would encourage you to memorize that uh, 
this month as you can. Uh, okay, a couple quick announcements. Uh, tonight, tomorrow night, uh, deacons and uh, the board of director will directors will have a meeting tomorrow at 6:30 in the conference room. So for those involved in that, and then uh, parents of teens, we will be having uh, going to Weatherford. Is that Weatherford? Weatherford um, is how you say it. Uh, here uh, this coming Saturday, and the teens will meet at 9:15 in the morning. Uh, so uh, if you can plan to be here for that, and I know Brother Blake's been communicating with you on that. Uh, this Sunday, we will be having uh, our communion, communion service. Uh, it's been a while since we've had communion. We'll be doing that as part of the morning service uh, this coming Sunday. And then uh, in the evening, we'll be doing uh, the teens, hearing from them uh, and hearing about how camp went other than COVID. <laughs> okay, we already know about that part. Uh, but uh, we'll be uh, learning about how God worked in their hearts and lives during that time. Uh, but then also the uh, afterwards, we'll be having the reception for the Ruples, the wedding reception that we've been trying to have for them for some time. So a reminder that they are still registered at Amazon and uh, anybody else remember the other one? Bed Bath & Beyond. So uh, if you haven't, uh, if you would like to give them a gift, I think that that is still available. And uh, we'll be having a table there for gifts and uh, a card box as well, um, just to be a blessing to them if you would like to do so. A week from tonight, we'll be having uh, Evangelist Steve Osteen with us. Osteen with us. I'm not sure if I am. Osteen. Osteen. Okay. So Joel's brother. Um, uh, no. Brother, uh, Brother Steve is a blessing, and I know he'll be a great blessing uh, next Wednesday night. Then uh, two weeks from tonight, we'll be having Brother John Canavan. He's a missionary to New York City, a church planner in New York City, and uh, that's a pretty important area to reach with the gospel of Christ, and uh, basically the mission field in one city, uh, because really all kinds of uh, different ethnicities um, and cultures are represented in New York City. So uh, be here for that in a couple weeks as he presents his ministry, and uh, we'll enjoy getting to meet them. And then you can kind of look and see what's happening uh, later on in the month. I forgot to bring this up when I came up. All right. Brother Randy is a blessing. Uh, he, on his trip, got me a... Uh, comb for my hair. It's a, for those uh, on live stream, this says bald man's comb, and uh, there's there's nothing there, but uh, it, it actually works pretty good. So, but Dan, if you want to borrow this afterwards, you can. You, you and I can share it. Probably won't have too many germs on it, you know. I don't think that there's going to be any lice on it, I don't think. Um, it's uh, not really a habitable place for, for lice. All right. Uh, what we want to do right now is uh, highlight one of our missionaries, um, and uh, the missionary that we want to mention tonight is the Phillips family, our missionaries to the Philippines. They're not physically in the Philippines. I know their heart is still, and uh, they still want to have ministry there and, and do that long distance, but uh, health has kind of kept them here in the States. Um, and they wrote a letter, and, and I'm not sure what the uh, the date on this particular letter is. It, it may be a little dated, but... Um, he writes this, Dear Pastor and Church, since our last letter, Sue fell and broke her leg. I think, I think we kind of knew that already, um, but uh, in case we didn't, uh, she did break her, break her leg, but she's out of the hospital and in rehab. She cannot walk, but a few halting steps. However, she is getting stronger. We have health workers here almost every day, and our daughter-in-law helps us during the week, and one of our children comes in for the weekend. Life throws us some curveballs along the way, but your faithfulness is one blessing, and we need your support and prayers. Uh, and he talks about the members of the church there in the Philippines that they left, and he said they're able to gather again in their buildings, but they're limited to the ages between teenagers and the 50s. So basically, if you fall into that category, you're able to go and assemble, but uh, if you fall outside of that, then you're not able to assemble. Church is still in need of a pastor, and it seems there is confusion as to whom uh, which members of the committee charged with the task, task of searching for a new pastor. They're, um, they're trying to form a, a, a pastoral search committee, and uh, they're struggling to kind of formulate that committee and, and to get the, the job done there. And uh, so 
anyway, that's, those are kind of the big highlights there. There's some good things happening in their church. The, the, their missions giving is, is going up, and uh, they talk a little bit about that. And uh, so, anyway, we want to just pause for a moment and uh, pray for the Phillips family at this time, and then we'll continue on with one more song. Lord, we do thank you for uh, Brother Bob and Miss Sue. Lord, we thank you that they were able to be part of our missions conference last year and just uh, enjoyed getting to know them. And I just appreciate their faithfulness and their love for you and their love for the people you've called them to. Lord, I just pray that you'd grant them great wisdom as they minister from afar. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be with this church family as they uh, search for a new pastor. And Lord, I pray that you would provide the right one and the right couple right family for that church. And Lord, may you give them great wisdom as they uh, make this very important decision. And then Lord, I do pray for Miss Sue and her health. Um, Lord, that you might raise her up. And Lord, I know she's gone through some severe health issues with a stroke and then with the broken leg now and just a lot of other different uh, health issues she's experienced over these recent years. Lord, I pray that uh, you would uh, just Help her through all this time, and also please bless Bob as he ministers to his wife. And Lord, help, help him to know what he should do and how he should do it. And uh, Lord, we do pray for your grace and your mercy upon them. Uh, just thank you for their, uh, their faithfulness, and I pray that you mightily bless them during this season as a result of their, uh, their faithfulness. And uh, we pray, Lord, you'd help us as a church to continue to be faithful, to support them financially and in prayer. Uh, during this stage of their ministry. And uh, Lord, we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and stand together one more time. Oh, how I love Jesus. Uh, the words will be on the screen. And uh, Brother Randy will come lead us in that. Page 69 in your books. Oh, how I love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love Thank you for that. I hope that we do love Jesus. And uh, one of the things about loving the Lord, and uh, Brother Jake, I'm going to switch to my pulpit mic, so that's already on, but if you turn off the pulpit mic. Are we good? All right. Okay. Sweet. Uh, one thing about loving the Lord, I uh, remember Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So uh, if we love the Lord, we're going to be willing to be obedient to Him. And uh, that's definitely a convicting thought for sure, because uh, talk is cheap, uh, but action really does prove whether we, we love the Lord or not, and whether we love others or not. Uh, Psalm 99 is where we're going to be tonight, Psalm 99. And uh, we're going to be 
continuing our series, Comfort in the Crisis, and uh, we're looking at just different psalms and uh, learning lessons from them as it relates to a time of crisis, and this one isn't exactly in relation to a time of crisis like a lot of them are. Uh, It's just a, a psalm that declares that God is holy. In fact, this psalm declares that He is holy, holy, holy. All right, and uh, so with that, uh, let's go ahead and read uh, Psalm 99. Um, You can go ahead and remain seated for this. Uh, Psalm 99, verse 1 says, The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims, let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and He is high above all the people. Let them praise Thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt ye at the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron among his priests and Samuel among them that call upon his name, they called upon the Lord and he answered them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar, They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. Thou answeredest them, O Lord our God. Thou wast the God that forgavest them, though thou tookest vengeance of their inventions. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. Uh, Lord, we're grateful for your word. And uh, Lord, it's so good to come to church tonight and to be around your people And to, Lord, have an opportunity, a set-aside time where we focus in on your word tonight. And, uh, Lord, I ask that uh, you would guide our thoughts, help us, Lord, to focus in on what you'd have for us. And, Lord, may we walk away from this place changed and different because of our time in your word. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Emery Bancroft, he is an author, and he wrote a book that I got in Bible college called Elemental Theology. And here's what he said about the holiness of God. And I know this is, we're, we're having to put on our theological thinking caps tonight. I, I know that it's been maybe a long day for many, um, but I, I think that uh, it's important for us to uh, focus in on the holiness of God. And so in his book, here's what he said about the holiness of God. He said, the holiness of God is his most exalted and emphasized attribute expressing the majesty of his moral nature and character. This might well be called the emphatic moral attribute of God. If there is any difference in importance between the moral attributes, then God's holiness seems to occupy the first place. So uh, Mr. Bancroft was was saying that God's holiness is kind of the the most important, the the foundational uh, attribute of God. No wonder two times in the Bible, God's holiness is mentioned three times in a row to describe God. Can somebody tell me where the first instance in the Old Testament is? Where it says, God is holy, holy, holy. Does anybody remember? Isaiah chapter number 6. 6. 6. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 3, when, uh, let's see, Isaiah saw the Lord. This is after uh, King Uzziah died. King Uzziah was a good king. He was a blessing, and, and uh, well, he died. And uh, I imagine that Isaiah was a little discouraged, a little disappointed that, uh, that his favorite king was no longer on the throne. Well, he needed to remember that Someone far greater than Uzziah was still on the throne. Uh, And so he was brought into the throne room of God in uh, chapter 6, verse 1 of Isaiah. And it says, I saw also in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly and one cried unto another and said, Holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. So that was the Old Testament instance where the 
the, the holiness of God is mentioned three times. Uh, does anybody know the New Testament instance in which God is mentioned as holy, holy, holy? Revelation 4. Very good. All right. Good job. And verse number... Yeah, you're right. You're right. Look at you. Revelation 4.8. I'm going to go ahead and read that one. Revelation 4.8 is where this is found. And uh, this is, again, in the throne room of God. And the four beasts, verse 8 says, had each of them six wings about him. They were full of eyes within. Very similar scene that Isaiah saw. And uh, they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. This is what they have been doing, and this is what they will continue to do, is they will continue to uh, proclaim the holiness of God. So only only attribute that that's mentioned like that. Nowhere does it say that God is love, love, love. Although the Bible does say God is love. We talked about that on Sunday morning. Um, God is faithful, yes, but he's not faithful, faithful, faithful. See, he's, the, the holiness is the only one that's mentioned as a thrice-proclaimed attribute of God. First um, Samuel chapter number 2, this is a prayer of Hannah, um, and she said this in verse 2, There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Well, back to uh, Psalm 99, and, and uh, in this particular psalm, it's basically a, another declaration of the holiness of God. And so tonight, I want to look at this psalm and, and learn lessons about God's holiness for our own lives. First of all, I want us to see tonight the reality of God's holiness, the reality of God's holiness. Now, just like Isaiah chapter 6 and Revelation chapter 4, where it says that God is thrice holy, here in this psalm, God's holiness is mentioned how many times, do you guess? Three times. Uh, Let's look at the three instances in this psalm where uh, God's holiness is mentioned. In verse number three, let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. So God's name is holy here in verse three. Verse five says, exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. That's instance number two. And then three is found at the last verse, verse nine. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. So here, even in this chapter, in this particular psalm, God's uh, attribute of holiness is proclaimed three times, just like Isaiah 6 and Revelation chapter 4. Is that a coincidence? Coincidence? I think not. Now, the basic meaning of the word holiness, uh, in case you're wondering, is um, the, the meaning of the word holiness is set apart or separation. Okay, a couple aspects of this when it re- relates to the Lord. On one side of the equation, God's holiness has to do with Him being completely separate or apart from evil or from anything that defiles. Leviticus chapter 11 refers to this. In verse 44, it says, I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. So there's some things here he's saying you need to depart from. You need to not defile yourself with, because I'm holy. And I don't want to, I'm not defiled with anything either. So on one side, God's holiness has to do with him being completely separate or apart from evil. But on the other side, Scripture teaches us that God's holiness means that he is the ultimate definition of perfection, purity, and absolute integrity in his nature and in his character. John declared in his apostle, "Then This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is some darkness. That's not what John said, is it? Um, in him is no darkness at all. Um, hopefully this isn't too much TMI, right? Um, but I, I wear white t-shirts underneath all my shirts. Hopefully that's not too much. Hopefully that's not TMI for you. Um, but uh, what happens with my white t-shirts, okay, this might be TMI, is they start to yellow after time. <laughs> 
It has nothing to do with me, of course, because I am always clean, and I never sweat, and I never get them dirty. Well, but after time, they start to get yellow and, and dingy. Well, then I recently just uh, purchased some new T-shirts, and uh, my wife put them on the shelf next to my other T-shirts, and it's amazing how much white the new ones are compared to the old ones that have gotten dingy. And you, you don't really notice it. It just kind of happens gradually. Well, the, the ultimate, uh, you know, and sometimes we kind of look at ourselves and say, well, you know, I, I'm not near as bad as like a super dirty T-shirt. And, uh, but then when we compare ourselves with the Lord, who is the perfect picture of purity and holiness, then we definitely look a lot more dingy than we did before. And so that's just kind of a good example, at least in my mind, to, to help me understand where I stand with the Lord. And sometimes I might maybe compare myself with someone else and might think, well, I'm doing pretty good. But when I compare myself with the Lord, then I go, whoa, I'm not doing so good. Uh, another passage uh, that makes the fact that God is perfectly holy is uh, Habakkuk chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13, and we don't hear from Habakkuk all that much. But here's what he says in, in, in the first chapter of his book. He says, art, art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one? Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. So his eyes are so pure that uh, he can't even behold evil and cannot look on iniquity. So uh, God's holiness is, is definitely an attribute that is mentioned here and proclaimed in, in Psalm 99. A couple of ways we see this uh, holiness uh, in, in this chapter. First of all, we see His holiness in the fact that He rules and reigns over all. He rules and reigns over all. In verse number 1, uh, the Bible says, "...the Lord reigneth, let the people tremble." He sitteth between the cherubims, let the earth be moved. The Lord reigns. Um, by the way, in, in, uh, in the, 90, the Psalm 90s, okay, so from 90 to 99, uh, we see a couple different times in, the, in these particular psalms. Uh, the 90s were good, was, was a good decade, wasn't it? That's when I went to high school and Bible college. Um, that's when I met my wife. It was a good decade. Well, the, psalm, the 90s of Psalms are good as well when it comes to declaring the fact that the Lord rules and reigns. Psalm 93 in verse 1 says, The Lord reigneth, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also established that it cannot be moved. So the Lord reigns. And uh, Psalm 97 in verse number one, the Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice and the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Uh, ver, uh, Psalm 96 in verse 10, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth, the world also shall be established, that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. So the Lord rules and reigns over all in Revelation 19 and verse six, another reference that deals with the fact that God reigns. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mightering thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. That's where, that's where the author, who was the author of the Hallelujah Chorus? Handel, that's right, Messiah. Handel's Messiah. You're right. Uh, that's where he got that from, Revelation 19 and verse 6. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. It doesn't just say that he will reign one day. It's a present tense, folks. And I know, look, I know we need to be very concerned with the election coming up in November, hopefully November, maybe later. I don't know. We'll see, right? Uh, we need to be concerned with that. Uh, it does impact the direction of our country, but the truth of the matter is, regardless who, who rules and reigns in America, the fact is, God will always rule and reign over all of creation, over this entire universe. And, and that, that, that's a, an important thing for us to remember. 
He is on the throne. He is in control right now of all that's going on in the world, including all that's going on in my life and in yours. He rules and reigns. And by the way, do you think God's uh, reigning going like this? Oh, no, what are we going to do? Oh, boy, this is, this is scary. I'm worried. No, God's not worried. The Bible says here in verse number one, the Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims. As God is reigning, he's not worried. He's not pacing. He's sitting there and he's perfectly calm and under control. We might go, Lord, what's going to happen? I'm scared. What's going on? Like the, uh, the disciples did when Jesus was taking a nap in the ship. Remember that? And the storm came. And he said, they said, don't you care that we perish? They insinuated that God didn't care and that God didn't know what was going on. Oh, God knew exactly what was going on. But he's calm even in the midst of a storm. And we can be too if we place our trust in him. So the Lord rules and reigns over all. And uh, that shows his... Uh, his, his holiness. But then we also see his holiness in that in verse 2, he says he is about high above all people. He's high above all people. Verse 2, the Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. So he is higher than the most powerful person in this world. Politically, economically, technologically, you name whoever, God's high above that person. He's higher than the richest person in the world, but he's also higher than all the people combined. Psalm 2, which is a, a fitting psalm for us to look at. We won't, at least tonight, go too much into it, but I do want to draw our attention to it. Uh, if you just turn over to Psalm 2, just super quick. I just want to read, uh, I think, for the first four verses of this. Because I want us to see the fact that God is above all people. Even people who think that, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to overthrow God. That's what Psalm 2 is talking about. Psalm 2 verse 1 says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. They said, we're going we're gonna to work together to destroy the Lord. Well, how, how, do, how does that really work? Well, look at verse 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. It's equivalent to, let's say, um, and how many of you have experienced an ant problem in your house uh, this summer Okay, few few of you. Um, how many of you experienced any uncle problems in the house? Okay, that's that's a terrible dad joke. That's not actually my notes, so uh, don't worry. Um, but let's let's say, for instance, we had you know a, a big ant hill right here underneath this platform, and and all of a sudden they started to that. Unbeknownst to me, during the day today, they had formed this big plan to overthrow the preacher. A big coup, you know. We're going to overthrow the preacher. And so they, they start coming out of these cracks in, the, in this wood flooring up here. And, and they go, all right, it's time. Let's take them down. And do you think they're really... Now, they are able to hold however much, like seven times their weight or whatever it is. Or maybe much more than that. Um, but I don't know that they'd be able to carry me off this platform. I think I would, they, I would listen to them and say, are you serious right now? You really think? And I would just start walking all up here and smashing them. All right. The men of this world think that they have the ability, and, and it's just preposterous to think that people could think they could take down the Lord. Um, and uh, Psalm 2 says, He that sitteth in the, the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Like, that's a good one, guys. Uh, I'm the one that created you. And I can destroy you with uh, just one spoken word. Uh, so, uh, we see His holiness that He is high above 
all people. And so that's the reality of uh, God's holiness. But I want to see number two quickly tonight, the revelation of God's holiness as found here in Psalm 99. How does God reveal his holiness here in this particular psalm? And there's a lot of other ways he does it. Um, but we're just going to look at what the psalmist mentions here. And we don't know who wrote this psalm. Uh, most of the psalms we've been looking at in our series, we've been uh, finding that they were written by David. But this one, there is no known author of it. But uh, how does God hold, uh, reveal his holiness according to this particular psalm? First of all, he administers justice and righteousness in verse number four. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. See, God is the perfect judge, and one day he will make it all right. He will right all the wrongs, all the wrongs in this world, all the wrongs in my life, and all the wrongs in all of our lives. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of people right now are, are focused on equity and equality, aren't they? Um, even some basketball players, that's their name on the back of their jersey right now, is like equality, I think, is what it is. Well, here in verse 4, it says this, The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou dost establish equity. Um, one day, uh, God's going to uh, treat everybody equal. And uh, everybody uh, will get equality. Everybody will be judged according to their works at the great white throne judgment. And uh, at that point, you're not going to want to have that. Uh, you're, you're not going to want to be treated equally. <laughs> um, and I'm thankful that through Christ, we don't have to be there. Through Christ, our sins are forgiven. And he's treating us through Christ, uh, treating us with grace and mercy. And I praise the Lord for that. But he does administer justice and righteousness, and it will be 100% correct. All right, letter B, not only that, but he also answers prayer. In verse number uh, 6, we see uh, Moses and Aaron among his priests, Samuel among them that call upon his name, and they called upon the Lord, and he answered them. These three men were very aware firsthand of the holiness of God, Moses, Aaron, and, and Samuel, that uh, the psalmist here points out. Three examples of men who knew the holiness of God, called upon the Lord, and God was holy to uh, answer their prayer. Moses knew about the holiness of God at the burning bush, right? When he was told to take off his shoes because the ground he was standing on was holy ground. Because why was it holy ground? Was it just special because God said it? Well, it was because God was there. That's why it was holy. Aaron knew of the holiness of God since he was the first high priest who would go into the holies of holies once a year to make atonement for the sins of the people. This was a special and sacred responsibility, and he had to have his sins dealt with first. He had to be holy because what he was about to do for the sins of the people was extremely important. Samuel understood the holiness of God as he heard the very voice of God call to him three times. Remember that part. So each of these men knew about the holiness of God, and the Bible says in verse 6 that each of them called upon the, uh, the Lord and he answered them. The psalmist uh, emphasized this truth in verse number 8 where he says, Thou answeredest them, O Lord our God. And so God in His holiness delights to answer our prayers. That's an amazing thought, that God would delight to answer my prayers. I mean, who am I? And yet God would decide to do that. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Have you ever tried to call someone and you really want to get a hold of them and it just keeps going to voicemail? And you're wondering if they keep sending you to voicemail or if they just lost their phone or whatever. That's happened to me and my wife. I've tried to call her and uh, she has it on silent or airplane mode or something like that. Or she has it in a different room. She doesn't remember where she left it. Of course, that's never happened to me, right? It's, yeah, where you have to call your phone 30 times to try to find it. Um, 
But uh, it's frustrating, right, when you're trying to get a hold of someone and it just keeps going to voicemail. Like, I don't want to talk to a machine. I want to talk to the person. Well, I want to let you know this, friend, that when, when you call the Lord, God is never too busy to answer your call. God in His holiness is willing to answer our prayers. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Um, he's not going to send you the voicemail because he's on the other line with somebody else. See, God can have multiple phone conversations all at the same time. And, uh, you know, his, his phone battery never dies. And uh, there are no uh, bad signals when it comes to the Lord. Other than our sin, uh, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Bible says the Lord will not hear us. Um, and we need to, that, that might be a, a bad connection. If there's a bad connection between you and the Lord, it's not God's fault. It's mine. It's ours. So uh, God is holy and he shows his holiness by answering prayer, but he also shows his holiness and reveals his holiness by speaking to his people. Look in verse number seven. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. But he spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. So he was so powerful in those days that he spoke to them through that pillar of cloud in their day. Now today, how does he speak to us? Um, through clouds? No, not so much. He speaks to us through this book right here. right? And also the Holy Spirit of God in our lives as he leads us and guides us and, and uh, prompts us. And uh, God does speak to us. So not only does he delight to hear our prayers, but he also wants to speak to us. And uh, wouldn't you like to hear from the Lord? Well, guess what? All you need to do is open this book. All you need to do is spend time in, in His Word. All right, and then the fourth way that He reveals His holiness in this particular psalm is that He forgives sin while maintaining the consequences. He forgives sin while maintaining the consequences. Look in verse number 8. He said, Thou answeredest them, O Lord our God. Thou wast the God that forgavest them, Aren't you thankful for the forgiveness of God? I need that every day. Um, uh, thou wast the God that forgavest them, though thou tookest vengeance of their inventions. So yes, he forgave them, but he also made them live with some consequences. And, and we need to be reminded that, look, forgiveness, the, the promise that God chooses to forgive our sins and and First uh, John 1, 9, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That particular wonderful truth is not going to erase some of the consequences that come into our lives because of our sin. And even sometimes in relationships, that's the case. You might have wronged somebody and you might ask for their forgiveness and they might, op- they might grant that. That doesn't mean that the relationship is going to be like as if it never happened. Uh, sometimes there are some real consequences because of our actions. And, uh, and, and, and God shows his holiness in that. Um, and so we need to remember that. All right, number three. A last thought here this evening. Our response to God's holiness as found in this particular psalm. Uh, what should our response be to um, God's holiness and the fact that he is... Uh, tremendously holy, all right, or infinitely holy. How should we respond? First of all, it should cause us to tremble and fear. To tremble and fear. Verse 1, the Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims, let the earth be moved. Sadly, I, I think in, in, in our modern Christianity or churchianity, whichever you call it, We've lost our fear of God in our modern day. There's little reverence for God anymore. But here the Bible says that there should be a trembling before our God who is indeed holy. Proverbs 9 and verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Think about Moses in Exodus chapter 3 when he realized that 
he was standing on holy ground. Here's what he, here's what he did. Uh, moreover, he said, uh, this is God speaking, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. There was a healthy uh, reverence for the Lord. And uh, when we understand God's holiness, it should cause us to tremble and fear Him a little bit. Again, God doesn't want us to be necessarily afraid of Him, but then He does want us to fear Him. All right, so it should cause us to tremble and fear. It also should cause us to praise and worship Him. It should cause us to praise and worship. Look in verse number 3, it says, Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. Verse 5, exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. And verse number 9, exalt uh, the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. should cause us to praise and worship him, to want to uh, sing out to him and, and, and spend time adoring him for who he is. It should. It should cause us to do that. Uh, thirdly, it should also cause us to exalt him. Verse 5 and 9 both say, both use the, this word exalt. Exalt ye the Lord our God in verse 5 and worship at his footstool for he is holy. And then verse 9 uh, is very similar here. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill for the Lord our God is holy. So exalt to exalt the Lord. Now what does the word exalt mean? Um, the, word, the word exalt also means to promote. So the question is, who or what are we promoting? Are we promoting ourselves and pushing ourselves forward? We're trying to push the Lord forward in our lives. It should cause us to want to exalt God in our actions, in our attitude, in our words, in our thoughts, promoting Him. But it also should cause us a fourth thing, and this isn't necessarily found here in this particular psalm, but... It should cause us to want to live a holy life. To live a holy life. 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us this, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Living a holy life. Uh, this isn't a very popular uh, topic, and it's... And it's easy to say live a holy life, and most Christians would say amen to that. But once you start defining it and uh, saying what it looks like in our modern day, then people start going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, let's just make this more of a vague, abstract concept. Uh, don't, don't, don't tell me what that looks like for me. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but I'll let the Holy Spirit do it. And uh, he's, he's better at it than I am. And for sake of time, we're, we're going to move on here. But... One, one area of danger with living a holy life is that sometimes we can be tempted to have a holier-than-thou mentality. Remember, the motive for living a holy life is not about making our name great. I'm more holy than you, so I'm better than you. No, that's not the idea behind living a holy life. See, it's not about making our name great, it's about making God's name great. Our lives should point others to think right thoughts about God. By the way, it's not a holiness contest. I'm not going to get, you know, more patches on my holiness sash, you know, in heaven and say, well, look, I have several more than you, so I'm much better of a person. No, that's not how it's going to be. It's not a holiness contest. But the idea is to make him look good, not to make us look good. John the Baptist rightly said this, He must increase, but I must decrease. Living a holy life is about saying no to my will, to my preferences, to my desires, to my wants, to my feelings, to my rights, so that He would increase in my life, so that He would be lifted up, so that He would be magnified, and as a result, people would be drawn to Him, not to me. Uh, Richard Baxter said this, Remember your ultimate purpose when you set yourself to your day's work or approach any activity in the world, let holiness unto the Lord be written upon your hearts in all that you do. That's a great uh, thing for us to do as we wake up tomorrow. Lord, I want holiness to the Lord be upon everything that I do today. May it be pleasing to you. May it be pleasing in your sight. 
So Psalm 99 is the psalm where we learn that God is holy, holy, holy. And we learn about the reality of God's holiness and we learn about how it's revealed, some of the things that God does to show His holiness. But then we also learn our response and what it should be uh, when we understand that God is holy. should cause us to tremble in fear. It should cause us to praise and worship Him. Should cause us to exalt him and to promote him in our lives, not to promote ourselves. And should cause us also to live a holy life because we are called to be holy, for he is holy. With that, let's have a word of prayer and uh, we'll look at some prayer requests and do that tonight. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your holiness. Lord, it's a doctrine that doesn't get mentioned near enough because it really is uh, your most important attribute. Lord, you're the thrice holy God. Help us, Lord, to have a healthy understanding of that. May it cause us, Lord, to tremble into fear, to fear you enough to obey you and to uh, want to um, reverence you and to treat you uh, like you deserve to be treated. Lord, I pray that you would help us also to praise and worship you through our lives and And Lord, may we exalt you. May we promote you as we go through our lives and not ourselves. And then, Lord, help us to live a holy life, regardless of what others may think. Help us, Lord, to do what's right in your eyes, uh, because you're worthy of it. Well, thank you for all that you do, and as a result, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we want to take a couple moments for some prayer requests tonight before we're dismissed. So if you'd take your prayer sheet out. Um, one that got added is the last one on the health needs I did want to mention um, tonight is uh, David and Nikki Luno both uh, tested positive for COVID and uh, they're they're going through it right now and uh, texted him today to see how he's feeling and they're they're kind of feeling pretty yucky still and um, no taste no smell and uh, they're just kind of fatigued quite a bit but uh I know they'd appreciate our prayers for them as they recover from that. And then, so far, Aaron and Kinsey are fine. Uh, pray that they stay fine um, as, as all this kind of continues on in their home. So uh, we'll have a special time of prayer for the Luno family. And uh, are there any other uh, ones that maybe are listed on this uh, list that we want to remember uh, tonight or, or, or tweak? Yes, sir. Okay. Wow. 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 Okay. So Lonnie McMillan. Very good. All right. Any other updates to ones that are listed here? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah, Miss Pam mentioned that to us yesterday or the day before, I think it was. Yeah. So Scott Crawford is his his health is declining. And so yeah, we want to pray for him as he goes through this time and the family as well. Anybody else tonight? Julie, you had one that you wanted to mention, right? So this is uh, Sharon Moody's friend, um, has a, almost a one-year-old going in for heart surgery, the second one uh, tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock for those watching on live stream. So I want to pray for that situation. Anybody else tonight? Yes, sir. Amen. When's she planning to get back? Okay. Okay. So you're kind of batching it. So pray for Corey. Not to, too many Twinkies and uh, ding dongs. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Kind of a crazy time for them. Yes. And the Wagners are getting ready to move as well. Uh, the 15th, if I'm not mistaken. Is that still a thing? Okay, it's not too late to back out. Um, so pray for Jed and Lana as they uh, go ahead and load up and head them on out to Arkansas. So, yeah. <laughs> Any others tonight? Yes, sir, Brother Chuck. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Great. Yes, ma'am. Miss Pam. Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this COVID can do a number on 
people, and we don't really know all that it can do, the long-term effect. All right. Any other requests tonight? Yes, ma'am, Stephanie. To say the least. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, are there any others? All right. Let's go ahead and uh, pray. I'll just go ahead and pray tonight. And then uh, afterwards, we'll be dismissed. Thank you for being here tonight. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we're grateful for what we learned tonight in your word. It's something we already know that you delight to answer prayer. And that, Lord, you're never too busy to hear our prayers. Um, Lord, we are grateful for that truth and that you will answer and that you will intervene in each of these situations. And we do pray for your perfect will to be done with all of them. Uh, Lord, we think of uh, David and Nikki tonight, and we just thank you for their faithfulness over the last, boy, all their lives uh, here at uh, Cornerstone. And thank you for their ministry and their love for you and their love for your people and I do pray for them right now as they're uh, recovering from COVID. I pray, Lord, that it would, that, that you would help them to recover from this very quickly. And Lord, they would start to see some improvement here even in the next day or so. And uh, Lord, that you might uh, just remove this from them and then they might be able to get back to the normal life that they had before. I also pray, Lord, for Aaron and Kenzie that you would prevent them, that they would uh, be healthy and that, uh, Lord, they would not, they would not get infected. Uh, Lord, I do pray for the Clark family who's been impacted by COVID. Uh, Lord, that you might uh, heal and, and uh, work in uh, Connie's life and uh, or Bonnie's life there. And uh, just ask that uh, you would help them to get back to the mission field. Lord, I know they have a desire to do that. Um, but I pray that you'd give her the health to be able to do that. Be with the doctors as they administer, administer to her uh, during this time. Uh, Lord, I ask that uh, you'd be with uh, Lonnie McMillan, Lord, as he uh, had that pretty terrible accident. I pray, Lord, that you would help him as he recovers. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would use this time to help him to, to think of things that are spiritual things and eternal things. And Lord, I pray that you would enable Randy to go and visit him and give him the gospel and that he would get saved. Uh, and Lord, the other members of the family as well. Uh, Lord, I pray for... Uh, Scott Crawford, is his uh, health is declining a little bit. Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with him and um, the doctors and the family. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would grant them comfort and peace during this time. Uh, Lord, I pray for uh, little baby Uriah as he has heart surgery tomorrow at 7. I just pray, Lord, that that would go well and that um, it would accomplish what it needs to and that you'd uh, guide the doctor's hands. And, Lord, that uh, you would oversee in that, uh, that operating room tomorrow, that you would just guide and direct all that takes place. And I pray you just put a protective hedge around um, his little body as he goes in for that surgery. And uh, please grant mom and dad great peace that only you can give right now in a situation like this. Or I know that they're struggling through this, and I pray that you would uh, help them to have comfort during this time. Lord, I pray for... Uh, Sister Marcy, as she's traveling to Iowa and back uh, over the next several days, I pray, Lord, you just keep her safe on the road and help it to be a wonderful time together. And um, I just pray, Lord, you bring her back safely and uh, be with uh, Brother Corey as he is here. And uh, Lord, I just pray you keep them all healthy. And uh, also pray for the Armstrongs as they're going through a time of transition right now. Lord, I pray that you would guide and direct with all the logistics in the, uh, the different selling and buying. And uh, Lord, I ask that you'd give them wisdom and strength as they uh, move and uh, do all the things they need to. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you opened this door for them. And I just pray, Lord, that you would grant them just great wisdom and strength during this time. And for uh, Brother and Mrs. Wagner, as they get ready to travel to Arkansas and begin a new chapter of their lives there, pray, Lord, that you would just guide them and direct them and uh, bless their lives. Bless them as they raise little Bowen for you. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would mightily use them there just like you greatly use them here and uh, help them to get settled quickly and uh, just pray for them. And I pray, Lord, for uh, Brother Chuck Jr. as he's dealing with uh, 
a potential job um, change or uh, figuring out what he's doing. I pray, Lord, you'd work all that all that out for your honor and glory. Just thank you for him and his faithfulness as well and uh, the blessing he is here at our church. And I just pray, Lord, you'd, you'd, you'd bless that situation. Work it out, Lord, for your glory. I do pray for all the different schools uh, here and more, especially um, as they get ready to start here in the next, uh, well, few days. Um, I do pray for all the teachers and all the students and the parents, Lord, that you would grant peace and help there to be not a, a spirit of fear, but of peace during this time. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that you would grant good health. Lord, I pray it would not backfire. I know a lot of people think it might, but I pray that it won't. And uh, Lord, that you would keep our children healthy and safe uh, during this time. And uh, Lord, we uh, just thank you for the opportunity to gather together tonight as your people. And I pray, Lord, you dismiss us with your love and care. Help us, Lord, to uh, pray for one another uh, as we go through this week. And uh, help us to come back on Sunday ready to hear from you, ready to uh, sharpen one another in the Lord. And I uh, just pray, Lord, that you would watch over and protect us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, sir. Tomorrow night. It's supposed to say the 6th. So Thursday night. My fault. So thank you for mentioning that, though, because, yeah, no confusion. And uh, if you need to borrow my comb, uh, you're welcome to.